Welcome to the God-Centered Recovery Podcast brought to you by Narrowgate Ministries. This podcast is dedicated to giving you a God-centered approach to recovery and to life. Follow along. Let's get started. All right, man. Welcome back to the God-Centered Men's Recovery Podcast. I am your host, Tim Holloway. Glad to be back at you again. Uh, Happy Thursday. And uh, if you're new here, this is a podcast for Christian men um, inside of recovery to live an awesome, spirit-filled life. So if that's you, uh, then welcome. If you haven't already done so, I encourage you to click on the link that's inside the description. Uh, That will take you to the God-Centered Men's Recovery Groups. Uh, We have one going on on Sunday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, and we have Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, Standard Time. So if you're interested in those, jump on a call with me. Uh, Let's get to know each other. Let's chat and then uh, jump into the groups and uh, be encouraged by those. So we are in Luke chapter 6, verse 37. It says, judge not and you shall not be judged. Condemn not and you shall not be condemned. Forgive and you shall be forgiven. So what I want to talk about is one of my favorite topics um, in the Bible. Uh, I do have a lot of favorite topics. You'll probably hear me say that multiple times throughout this podcast, but uh, this is definitely one of my personal favorites. But uh, it says to judge not, judge not. So we have multiple different um, ideas and thoughts of what that means. Uh, some of our misconceptions um, are kind of clearly obvious. Um, usually with men uh, in accountability that I've noticed, uh, whenever I say something that that begins to erode or attack the, uh, the paradigm in the mindset, um, immediately men say, stop judging me, right? And uh, you've probably had this happen in your life too, where where you bring some truth to somebody in love, um, but they don't receive it that way. They receive it as attack, and the first thing they say is, who are you to judge? And so this is a really uh, important topic inside of uh, sobriety, inside of the walk of faith, and so we are going to dive right into that today. So Jesus said, judge not and you shall not be judged. So we're going to discuss what these words mean here. And uh, of course, going back to the original Greek language, the first one is to distinguish. And that is our tendency and our capacity to separate things into kinds, classes, and categories. You know, our mind automatically does this. Um you know, your your right wing or your left wing, or you're good or you're bad, and and we we have this tendency to put things into classes. So when we talk about judging, in the sense, we put things into categories. And when it, when Jesus said, "Judge not," he's saying, "Don't put things into categories." Now there's a reason why he would he would tell us not to do this. The first thing is is that um, that we're all not we're not all knowing. Is that that means we don't know the the past, present, and future, and we don't know the thoughts and intents of somebody. 
And so to judge not is because we do not have the capabilities to to do such things, to put things into categories. And when we judge, we put things, of course, into the category of good and bad. And that is a good person, and that is a bad person. And when we do such things, uh, we're operating beyond our abilities to really distinguish, which is really important. And another thing we don't know about a person is their uh, the end of their story. You see, we might come in contact with the person, you know, who's in the middle of their story. And in that story right now is a lot of pain, a lot of trouble, a lot of heartache, a lot of questions. Uh, For example, if you, um, in the past three years, if you've lost multiple people in your life and you've um, had a divorce and you lost your home and and now you're a, a single man living all alone, um, you're going to have trouble. You're going to have problems. And the problem is, is that when we look at somebody's life, we look at somebody's behavior and we're judging them and we're putting them inside of a category based upon their current behavior and their current struggles, not understanding what God is creating and what God is making inside of a person. And so that's another powerful reason why we should judge not. The second uh, definition is to uh, to come to a conclusion. And this is often jumping to conclusions, right? When we judge, what does the old saying go? You make an ass out of you and me, right? And it's the very definition brings to jump to conclusions. And so when when Jesus was saying, judge not, and he's saying, don't put people inside of these categories of, of good and bad, because that's beyond your scope and beyond your abilities. And then the next one is, is like, don't jump to conclusions, because we can't tell the future. We don't know the end of the matter. And so jumping to conclusions is a form of judgment. Number three is to determine, and that is to form your position in the matter. Like when everything, something's going on in somebody else's life, we begin to form our position and form our opinion. When uh, it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's politics or, or, or religion or all of these things, we have this tendency to form our opinions. And so when it comes to other people, when we determine, when we make a decision or a choice of why people are doing what they're doing, then our hearts and our minds become closed because we have formed our position in the matter. And a lot of times that position is not based upon any of the facts. So the bottom line, any form of judgment is to assume to know why somebody's doing something, to put them inside of a category and to jump to a lot of conclusions the very idea of an assumption is to really determine the case without having all the facts. And when it comes to other people's souls, when it comes to other people's hearts, we have to be, we have to understand that we don't have all the information, that we don't have all the facts. I remember Stephen Covey, uh, Covey uh, saying in one of his books that there was this man who had kids inside the subway and his kids were just going off the wall like crazy. 
And uh, there was people looking at him like, why don't you like discipline your kids? What's wrong with you? You're such a terrible parent. Like there's no like man up, be a real man. Like, and this is the thoughts that are going through people's mind. And then someone begins to uh, talk to the man and he, and he, he explains that his wife just died yesterday. And so when you put things into perspective, we get a, a, a better mindset. And when we judge people, we're assuming to know why they're doing something. So this man in the subway, for example, he's not disciplining his kids because he's a terrible dad. That is a putting somebody into a category that is jumping to conclusions that is forming your position in the matter. And that is assuming to know something about somebody without all the facts. Once we begin to have all the facts and have all the details, then we're able to make a proper assessment of the situation. So assuming it is a dreadful and incurable disease, which sticks to the soul. This is a quote from somebody. Assumption is a dreadful and incurable disease. As I continue talking about it, I'm going to go into detail how these judgments cause us a lot of pain. And a lot of us are experiencing trauma trauma and leftover remnants of pain that we have all these judgments, assumptions, conclusions, and um, stuff going on that we're not even aware of. You see, rather than assuming... We before we speak, we should look at the facts. Because in reality, a lot of the stories that we have going circling on in our head, they're not based upon the truth. And I'm going to go into greater detail why. But before you assume something about somebody, why not try asking? Because instead of saying, this is the reason why they did something and jumping to a whole lot of conclusions and putting them in a category as being mean or evil, it would better serve us to ask. You see, assuming to know why a person does something is the cause to a lot of our pain. And we can never really truly know the motives of another person. And here's the reality of things. Sometimes people don't even know their own motives. If you think about that for a minute, if people don't even know why they do things sometimes, what makes us think we're going to know why they do things sometimes? And so judgment is the assumption or the assuming this is the reason why this is happening. And what our brains begin to do is they, that they begin to fill into the blanks. They begin to try to interpret all this missing information. And it comes to jumping to a lot of conclusions. This is where we get a, a very one-sided perspective. Now, any conflict that's going on in somebody's life, I can guarantee you there, there's a lot of judgment There's a lot of assumptions, there's a lot of stories, and there's a lot of one-sided perspective. But when you get the two people together and each share what's going on inside of their minds, that both of them perceptions are not 
close to that reality. But what we do is that we begin to hide behind our version of the story. And we're jumping to all these conclusions that are wrong. If you're following along with me, I'm going to show you some examples so you get what I mean. Um, this might is not a surface-level conversation. Um, you have to listen closely and attentively to what I'm talking about. But one example could be this. You don't get the promotion at work. And so that is the fact. That is something that took place. That it is an event that has happened to you. You didn't get the promotion at work. So, based upon your mindset and your belief system, you begin to interpret the event um, in your own fashion. So you could come to the conclusion that you didn't get the job or the promotion because your boss doesn't like you. You didn't get the promotion because maybe you suck at your job. And so you didn't get the promotion because, and you could go on and on about all the assumptions and all, all, all the things and jump to all these conclusions and you can assume the worst, you can assume the bad, you can jump into all these judgments or you could stop that dead in its tracks. And I'm going to show you how before this is over. But we assume that people um, are out to get us a lot of times. And so we have these judgments that are bent upon falsehood. So if you have, if you, if something bad happens to you, and you assume that the person's uh, intentions were evil, uh, you're going to jump to a lot of conclusions and you're going to have a lot of stories connected with that. And so you're not going to trust them and you're probably not going to trust many people uh, around you. That's another example. Your wife um, is not uh, communicating much lately. You can assume a lot of things. You could think, wow, they're cheating. Uh, you can assume that they're angry with you. You can assume, who knows? Fill in the blank, right? And what we don't understand is that people do things for their own reasons. And so when we think about judgment, when we think about why somebody does something, we're going to attach it to our own lens. And we're going to put ourselves in the center of that equation. They're doing this because of me. There's something wrong with me. They're mad at me. And then you go and ask him like, hey, you know, you haven't uh, been uh, communicating lately. What, what's been going on? Oh, my God, I've been so um, stressed out and tired lately. And then you come to find out that it had nothing to do with you. But oftentimes, the story runs inside of our head because of our judgment, and it plays for weeks. Some of us have been playing these kind of stories for years. I see it all the time on uh, connecting with men. I haven't had, um, I haven't had sex with my wife for a year, and then you attach all this assumptions and judgments all to these things. 
and you got all these stories circling around your head. And the thing that you don't do is communicate. You don't ask why or what is going on, but you just simply judge and jump to a lot of conclusions. And it brings a lot, a lot of pain. So how does this cycle play out? I'm going to, I'm going to tell you because it's very important for us to see and understand. Somebody does something to us. They say something, they behave in a certain way, or a certain event happens that might be traumatic. Uh, it might cause pain. It might cause loss. It might cause frustration, disappointment, and all these things. So the first thing in this in this process is is an event or people doing something. The next event in the process is our mind assuming why this happened. Whatever the event is, it could be the death of a loved one. It could be addiction. It could be pain. It could be um, unfaithfulness. It could be all these things, right? Traumatic experiences when you were when you were young, and we assume why they did it. And once we begin to assume, we give that story power, and that story begins to replay over and over in our hearts and our minds. And once it begins to replay over and over, it is truth to us. It is true. And then that event becomes something very powerful and very significant. It, it could go like this. I've had it happen so many times in my life. But people did something to me. For example, I um, experienced a lot of trauma when I was a kid. I was abused. I was neglected. And um, I was taken away by the government, okay, at 10 years old. So that's the event. People did something to me. An event happened. Now, next I go into, I assume why they did it. And so I come to the assumption that uh, my mother and my father did not love me. That, and then that communicated that um, next is the story. It communicated a story that I was unlovable. So you see how this progression works. Something happened. I assume why they did it. And then I give the story power. And now all of a sudden, it becomes a very significant thing in my life because I, I have accepted what the event communicated to me, that my parents didn't love me, therefore I am unlovable. So here's the process, the way the truth works, is that we could confront the lie, the judgment, with the truth. And come to the realization is that I don't have all the information and I can't truly understand why. And I can begin to let go of the significance. Because here's the reality of things that I had to face um, in my teenage years. That my, uh, my parents, my mom, and my stepdad... They caused a lot of trauma, a lot of abuse into my life. And then it had nothing to do with me. And that they didn't really have the capacity to love, but whatever capacity they had, they, they did it, even though it was quite dysfunctional. 
and that it had nothing to do with me. And that their trauma, their addiction, and the abuse that they went through, and all the stories they had replaying in their head, uh, was their own struggle, their own pain, and it had nothing to do with me. Therefore, I come to the conclusion that I am not unlovable because I stopped the story and I confront it with our truth. You see, our brains fill into blanks and try to make sense of all of this information. And what we got to understand is that the judgment and the assumptions are bringing us a lot of pain. So I'm going to go through this one more time to show you how this works. So you have an event or a situation that, that, that triggered you. Now, it doesn't matter what kind of situation this is. Um, this, this scenario will work. It could be um, your wife uh, triggering you. It could be an event at work. It could be something that happened with your children, church, anything. And then we go into this happened because. This happened because. So first the event, and then this happened because. And you're going to answer all of these questions. What is the event that triggered this situation? Why did this situation or event happen? And you're going to be extremely honest in that situation. And this is where you list the exact reason why you think this is your assumption and this is your judgment. And you state out, they did this because, he or she did this because. And don't lie. And then begin to ask yourself, what expectations did you have that were not met? That is question number four. What expectations, expectations did you have that were not met? And how did this make you feel? How did this event make you feel? How did this situation, how does this judgment, how do these expectations not be met? How does it make you feel? How do you feel about God in this moment? How do you feel about God inside of this moment? So the event or situation that triggered me was is that my parents uh, abused and neglected me and I was taken away by the government. This situation happened because my parents did not love me. He or she did this because they did not love me, and I feel like I am unlovable. What expectations did I have that were not met? I expected to be loved and cared for. This makes me feel. This makes me feel abused, neglected, and sad, and disappointed, frustrated, depressed. How do I feel about God in this moment? I feel that he is not present. He's not watching over me. He's not caring for me right now. And then comes the big question. Is your version of the situation based upon reality? And this you got to let sit for a little bit. Because you, you've, you've said how, how you're thinking, how you're feeling, how you interpret the event. You have to let this question sit for a little bit. And that is, is my version, is the story that I'm playing over and over again, is it based upon the truth? I begin to ask myself, what assumptions am I making about this situation? So after I, I take a moment and say, you know what? My version of the reality is probably not 100% accurate. 
It's probably not the 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 truth. And what assumptions are you making about this situation? Uh, I am assuming that my parents did not love me, and therefore I am unlovable. And then the next question, are you 100% positive about these assumptions? And this is really looking at the truth. Asking this question with a real sense of honesty is going to free you from these triggers and from this pain. The next question, how are these assumptions not based upon reality? What are the facts that you are 100% certain about this situation? So the facts is this, is that um, I was abused and neglected as a child, and at 10 years old, I was taken away. Facts. That's it. These are the events that took place. Those are the 100% facts. And here's the truth of the matter, that it had nothing to do with me. It had nothing to do with me. And so after you begin to face the truth, you begin to ask yourself, now how do you want to respond to this situation? And then it comes to understanding this. Now I'm going to release this situation and this event into the hands of God, and I'm going to cast all of my care upon him because he cares for me. And this is the process in which uh, God has given me to release all of these things that we begin to hold on to. And if you want this document, um, reach out to me on social media. I'm on um, Instagram at uh, God Center Men's Recovery, and then on Facebook page, God Center Men's Recovery. Uh, reach out to me, and I will give you this doc document. It's going to help you through every single thing that you face. It could be a temptation to use. Okay, so I'm facing an event, a, a situation, a temptation to use. This event and situation happened because, and then we go into all of our assumptions of why this is happening. It's usually an attack against us because I'm weak, because I'm not staying in the word, because of blah, blah, blah. And we put all these assumptions and attacks upon ourselves, right? And go into make what this makes you feel what? How do you feel about God in this situation? Is your version of the story based upon reality. And you just go through the process and begin to strip away the assumptions, begin to strip away the lies, and all you're left with is the truth and the power of God to begin to walk in a different direction. This is, this is a powerful, powerful tool that I use. I used it recently with, um, with one of my children who's going through something. And immediately I was thinking that... It had something to do with me. And I was going back in my past and saying, you know what? It's because of my own addictions and my own example. And, and I had all these stories attached to what my child was going through. And then as I began to strip down, the, you know, what expectations did I have? How did it make me feel? How do I feel about God in this moment? And begin to really ask myself, is this story that is replaying over in my head, is this the truth? Is this the truth?
And once I began to do that, the funk and the depression began to leave because I was no longer weighed down by a lie. This is powerful stuff. So if you have, um, if you're dealing with somebody and you're having conflict, uh, I'm going to give you five steps to, um, it's probably six steps, but I'm going to give you five steps to resolve this. And the first one is just to state with facts. Stay with absolute facts. This is what happened. Just the event, not how it made you feel, not the assumptions, none of that stuff. This is what happened. And if it's a situation with your wife, a situation with a, a coworker, a situation at church, it doesn't matter. The situation happened and it caused negative emotions inside of you. And you go to them and say, this is what happened. And this is the effect that it had on me. And then you get, begin to um, talk about this is what this event has caused me to feel. And begin to communicate your, your frustration. Begin to communicate your pain. Begin to communicate your anger, if that's what it is. And then ask this powerful question. After you, you have shared the event, what happened, and this is the effect that it has on you, ask this. What was your intention? Because this takes us out of the role of judgment. This takes us out of the role of assuming another person's motives. We simply ask, what did you mean by that? What was your intention in this? And then you begin to both communicate what you want. And usually what you'll find, unless the person is a spawn of Satan, they'll be like, I had no idea that it made you feel that way. And when you come this way, you're going to drop their defenses. And instead of escalating the situation and um, accusing and all of these things we do that bring up defenses and cause more conflict and more pain, we're going to lower the defenses and, and just simply say, what, where do we go from here? That you communicate what you want. If you felt like you were disrespected in, in some way, then you say, you know, I really want to, um, you know, have this positive relationship and, and, and the things to go well with us. Um, you know, what I want is um, just whatever that person did, begin to communicate that you don't want that to happen again. They communicate what they want. And then you make a commitment to move forward. And this is the way healthy confrontation is supposed to look. And this is supposed to happen inside of our family, inside of our business, inside of our lives, inside of our hearts. And this is the, the conflict resolution that doesn't bring us judgment and pain. I hope you enjoyed this episode. It's one of my personal favorite topics. Um, once I got this revelation, um, it began to set me free. And I could see why the master said, judge not, judge not. I'll see you tomorrow. Peace. <laughs>